comes above the den It's hard to know if this will Welcome to episode 407 of the Thinking Poker Podcast from Catonsville, Maryland. I am Andrew Brokus. And from Las Vegas, Nevada, I'm Carlos Welch. And we are joined today by not one, not two, but three guests. Uh, so I believe with uh, Carlos in, in the same room, it sounds like, is uh, our, our recent guest, Gloria Jackson. Hello, everyone. Uh, we've got another recent guest, Caitlin Cobb, who's here with us. Hello. Uh, and then we have a first-timer, uh, Diana Shabaton. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Uh, so we have three women gathered here today to talk to us about uh, ladies' events in poker, or as uh, I think many people are encouraging, encouraging us to call them, uh, women's events in poker. Uh, Diana actually just finished second at the women's event at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock in Florida. And uh, of note is that, uh, Diana, you finished second to a man who I think, was he the only man who, who played in the event? Yes. Okay, so this will be kind of like the, the starting point for our conversation here, um, and then we can really broaden this out into just a broader discussion about what is the value of, of having women's events in poker, and you know, how can we make them a more positive experience, and some of the things that you all are already doing uh, to make them a more, more positive experience, and experiences that you've had you know, in those events, and also you know, when you're not in, in a women's event, like how they, how they feel different, I guess. Um, but I guess let's just start, Diana, if, if you want to tell us just kind of the story of that tournament in general, like not just focusing on uh, you know, the, the person who ultimately won, but, you know, how, how was your experience uh, in that in that tournament in general? In that tournament in general, I had a very mixed experience. I love women's tournaments. Uh, I, I see some of the same faces. I always meet new women the stories that women share are just uplifting and funny. And so when I wasn't at the table with the man, which was probably the majority of the time, it, it was a blast. It was an amazing experience. Um, one I'd been looking forward to for a few months. Yeah. And, and this is something that I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, obviously like, you know, this has been a controversial issue in, in the poker world for a long time. And a lot of people who have been around the poker world for a long time have kind of um, formed strong opinions on this one way or the other already. But it does seem like there's still a lot of people maybe who are, who are newer to poker or just haven't followed the discussion as much or whatever, who um, I, I think are, are kind of genuinely curious, like, what's the issue of like, how, how does having a man in the event um or having a man at, you know, at, at your table in an event that's meant to be for for women. What is it about that that uh, I mean? I know that this person's individual behavior might have been its own factor, but like even setting that aside for a moment, it sounds like just like having a man arrive at the table in an event like this uh, is maybe kind of like disrupting the vibe. Is that uh, a fair way of putting it? It's absolutely disrupting the vibe, and I can't speak for all women. There are some women, uh, myself included, probably who if, if there was some really fun guy who just said, hey, I'm going to play a couple of hands and like throw my chips in and donate to the cause and, you know, was friendly with a bunch of the women and, 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 a, and supportive to like women in poker, I think it would have been a very different situation. Um, I, I have an interesting take on this because Dave, I was at Dave's first table that he sat down and busted. And so I saw him when he first entered, I played with him for a while and then I didn't see him again until the final table. Um, and when he first entered, he was just so rude and talked about how, you know, his friend bought him in as a joke. And then started to 
saying that he had an edge on the table because we're women, you know, so he has an edge. And he, his, I think plan was to register and to try to run over everybody. Um, and again, women feel like men are often think that women can be run over. Um, luckily, he busted within about 20, 25 minutes. This is what happens when you try to run the table over. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and we were very excited to bust him. And everyone at the table, you know, was was just kind of looking at each other, shaking our heads, saying, you know, how did we get this guy? Like, gosh, because he, he was miserable. You know, he, he was he was a pretty Ms. Reg type. And so that's how it started. He then busted, rebought, and he was at a different table. So I can't really take it from there. I know that um, at one point, Ebony put a bounty on his head. He got, he busted again. And then there was a little bit more fanfare with the bounty again. In this specific situation, Ebony had the best intentions ever. I love Ebony. She's such a caring person. Her intentions were, let's get this guy out of the tournament. But what happens, as you know, and as you know, women who study the game, like the women who were there, know, is when there's a bounty, it changes the game. So his third bullet, he even figured that out. And when he had top pair, he shoved because someone would call with middle pair because they were trying to get the bounty. And he accumulated a huge amount of chips this way. Mm. Um, it, it wasn't rocket science. It, I promise it wasn't good poker play. Uh, it was just him realizing the situation and women rightfully thinking, hey, I want to get this bounty. It, it's, it's getting to be a lot of money. In fact, at the end, like even before when we were still at two tables, his bounty had gotten up to $2,100 or so. Or maybe that was at the final table, but his bounty was basically third place money. I mean, it was it was a lot of money for that yeah. tournament. And, um, and, and it, it influenced the play a lot. So going back to the final table, again, me, I, I, I've studied ICM a lot. I knew how important second place was once the announcement at the final table was made that second place would get the bounty money if he won. So even though I wanted him to bust so badly, I tightened it up and I tried to survive to second place because wow. it was so much money. Yeah, I think it, it raises kind of a, a tricky question of because I mean, I imagine part of the the point of putting the bounty out there. Um, I mean, it, it does like as you said, it, it does actually advantage him in in the tournament. Like it, it is kind of subsidizing people to try to go after him with mediocre hands, as, as happened. Which means that unless they get lucky, like he is going to be able to invest chips profitably. And so, in, you know, in some ways, it does help him win the tournament. I imagine part of the point of creating this this bounty. I know you're not the person who created it, but I imagine part of the point was to sort of create some social program around this, like in a circumstance where, uh, at least, it sounds like in in Florida, at least, and this I think varies by jurisdiction. You know, they're not allowed to, or at least what you know, they're, what they're saying is they're not allowed to stop a, a man from buying it. You know, they can't say like you're not allowed to play this tournament. So you know, they can create the event, they can call it a women's event, they can make clear that it's intended to be for women. But if a man shows up and says like, no, I'm going to pay the entry fee and, and play, um, you know, their position is that they have to allow him to play. So then it's sort of like, well, what can you do to discourage someone from? playing and i imagine the idea of putting the bounty out there was to try to create this idea of like uh no no one wants you here and we're, we're trying to get rid of you which i mean i can kind of like i I've, I've seen some people say that that felt like like bullying him or something which i mean maybe kind of is but i sort of feel like you're asking for it it did the opposite effect the only reason he came back the third time is he said will you put the bounty on my head if i come back and so 
he wanted the attention. He liked the attention. Mm -hmm. Um, And he liked the thought that the bounty was on his head so that he could accumulate chips also. Yeah. And I was, um, I was near the table where Ebony put the bounty on and I had busted from that table and rebought and Ebony sat down to the next to the person I was just sitting next to. And from conversations with Ebony, what happened was, um, the woman, her name is Abby. She got third in the event and she, um, had been playing the main event and was sitting next to Dave's friend. Dave busted out of the main event and went over to his friend and said, I'm bored. What should I do? His friend jokingly said, why don't you register for the ladies? And then to which he replied, I'm going to go mess with the ladies. And I can just pretend to identify as a woman for a day because anything is allowed nowadays. So when Abby busted out of the main event and she came and entered the ladies event, she like was like, is there a guy with a, a, a white beard here? And we're like, yeah, he just bought in again over there. And then she was like, because he said this, this, and this. So I hadn't even heard the transphobic comment yet. And then I went and I had busted out. Ebony then sat right next to her. And in a conversation later with Ebony, like it was because that Abby told her, hey, he said he's going to mess with the ladies. And he said this comment as well, that she decided to go over to him, ask what his name was, ask the film for his permission, and then put the bounty on his head because of his rudeness and his intentions. And of course, then when he realized the situation, he intentionally did use the bounty for his advantage, even shoving in against me after avoiding me the whole time, like sitting down at the table and ask, who should I avoid? You know, like it's a whole different thing. He obviously did not want to lose to women and then say um, that like, oh, there's a bounty when he shoved all in. Of course, he had top pair and flush draw. I didn't call. I wasn't going to double him up. And um but yeah, so that was kind of the reason for the bounty, even though then he did realize the advantage of it and change it to um, his own needs. And then at another point, he said, he went up to Ebony and said, can you let the Twitter community know? Because I don't like the comments they're making that the women hate me and everything. Can you can you let the Twitter community know the bounty was done in good fun? And I even put a $100 bounty on myself. And she, I was like, you were just at my table saying you would have bought in five times to this event. And all of a sudden, his nice guy facade drops and he snaps at me and says, do you believe everything I say? He rolls his eyes, he scoffs, and then he says, gosh, do you know my ex-wife? And storms off. And I just couldn't help but laugh. And uh, I was already busted out of the event, but... um that that was the kind of guy that he was where he admitted to intentionally like him to stare down women and make them uncomfortable and i don't know diana if you noticed it but at the final table when he started losing hands and after he was berating the dealer and stuff he was giving you a bit like he wasn't just staring you down for information sometimes when he'd lose hands he was giving you like a look as if he could then physically hurt you so much so that it was making me and others on the rail uncomfortable and women shouldn't have to put up with that in ladies events and women's events or in general i would say yeah, but especially not in women's events. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was uh, the, the two things. Again, this isn't anything against men in general. This is something against men like Dave, who we encounter when we play. Um, you know, the, the fact that he made the comment that he likes to stare at women to make them uncomfortable like that, ju- there just shouldn't be a place in poker for somebody like that. And he did. Uh, he was staring at me every time. Uh, so, so you know how like Alex Foxen will stare at his opponents. Okay. He's getting information. Dave was not getting any information. He wasn't trying to make reads. When we were heads up, he would stare at me, stare at me when the flop came out. I was playing aggressively. Um, Heads up was very interesting. I told Caitlin, I feel like I let, I let all of womankind down by losing that match. I was at a six to one disadvantage when we started. I flipped it where I was at a six to one advantage. I won almost every pot with aggression. I, I, I never had a made hand. He wasn't getting any reads off of me. He was trying to make me uncomfortable by staring at me when the flop came out, when the turn came out. 
when the cards were dealt, he was just grimacing and staring at me. Um, and then he'd look over at the cards and make his decision based on his hand. Like it was, it was very odd. Um, I'm, I wasn't rattled, but just the fact that he was trying to kind of just disgusted me. Um, and, and it was, it was a really, really awkward position to be in because not only do I want to win my first trophy, which would have been huge, but the situation, you know, oh, the, and, and Caitlin will tell you that pressure I felt, I kept looking over at the rail. I had the most amazing rail and it was four 30 in the morning, four, four o'clock, four 30. Yeah. It was and like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And the Penny, and I, Ebony Penny, Landon Tice and a bunch of other women. And I kept just saying, I just want to beat this guy so badly. And, and funny because we wouldn't be having this conversation if I had. <laughs> <laughs> and before Diana even told me that she was feeling this way or anything, I went over to her because I remember what it felt like during my second place finish in the PWPO. Yes, for much higher financial stakes, but less lower stakes as in nobody expected me to win or do as well as I did. No one expected me to knock a guy out like... They only yeah, expected there wasn't like a villain in your story that yeah, you were. Yeah, there, there was no villain in the story. And so, but I still felt pressure like, and I had to tell myself, I'm not doing this for women. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not doing this for black women. I'm not a representative of women. I'm just doing it for myself. So when Diana was heads up, I went over to her and like, like after a break or something like that. And I whispered in her and I gave her a little like, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of little stress toy things. And so I gave her one and then I like, whispered in her ear like, you're not doing this for women. You're just doing it for yourself. Just do it for yourself. And I hope that that helped you, Diana. And then afterwards, when you confirmed that like, yeah, I was feeling that way. Like, thanks for telling me that. Like, this is the message that I kept repeating to you. Like, you're just doing it for yourself, no matter what happens. Like, you still played very well. And I love hearing that you won all of those pots with just aggression the majority of the time and that, and, and your experience of how you felt. Yeah, you're great to have on the rail, Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really interesting there at the end. But you know what happened happened. He got he went runner runner flush twice two two hands in a row, and there were only forty big blinds on the table. So that was pretty much it. But it it was really I I've, I've got to say all in all. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was something that I will journal about and think about. And I've already been thinking and, and kind of analyzing everything that happened and thinking, okay, what can we do? What can we do as a poker community to do, to, to be better? And that's really what this is about too. I'm curious, uh, Gloria and, and Caitlin, have either of you, other than than this guy, Dave, in, in this particular event, have you encountered men playing in women's events in the past? Yeah, so I've been playing poker for a while now, and I play most of the women events, and it happened um, pretty often. Um, maybe we have one or two. And usually when we're at for the WSOP for the summer, like the women are okay with it because the men have to pay $10,000 versus our thousand, mm -hmm. which helps the prize pool. But personally, I feel that um, the women's event is important for women because about when I first started about 12 years ago, you know, I usually, I used to be like one of the only women that were in tournaments besides um, this other poker player I know named Nancy. And I would have liked to see more women. And I felt intimidated. I felt scared because back then, you know, men used to talk a lot of noise and, you know, to the women. Not, and I don't find that happening as much anymore in poker. Um, it's much more professional now. But so the to have a women event now, I go and play all the time and support it because I'm grateful that more women are coming to play poker is a safe space for women to get to know the game to to learn the game and they're not you know they have more 
peers that that that's on the same level as them or you're going to find someone that's on your level whether you've been playing for a long time whether you're just getting started so for a man that's been playing poker and women are already usually intimidated by that when they first start because it was is a male it was a male dominant game um that's you know yeah that's the reason why i feel that this interview conversation that you guys are having caitlin diana is very important and for me yes there was thunderous applause in the room every time especially the first time that dave got knocked out but that's how it is usually in women's events and it was like that in Borgata too when the freedom fighters as they're sometimes sarcastically called are uh, like there was three men that were in the women's event at Borgata just in March. And anytime someone got knocked out, we all applauded and stuff. But the type of men that buy into ladies' events are the type of men that maybe not as bad as Dave was, but they embody Dave's spirit. And unless they're, if they were fun guys that came and they just wanted to play with women and they just wanted to learn, you know, and they just were super supportive and everything like that, then okay, that's fine. But, you know, when they're interrupting women's conversations and making comments about them and making comments to them and yelling out catfight and things like that, like, we don't want that at a women's event because at women's events, you get to hear conversations that you never hear in general. Like one woman was talking about how, yeah, so I sat down at the table, got sexually harassed as usual. And then and she went on to a broader point about how men don't really think that she can play good poker. So therefore, she can just like take all their money in cash because it's known that women are treated differently in poker. And um, it was it's just eye opening then because I'm in like the Maryland bubble where they where they do women's events and treat women like very welcoming and, and right and don't tolerate from anybody to anybody else any rudeness. And um, so she was um so to hear someone talking about like openly like oh yeah i get sexually harassed at the table every time i sit down like that's a conversation that i don't know if anybody else if you'd hear anywhere else except at a women's event and so for me like my whole experience at hard rock when it came to sexism and and uh, misogyny was just unacceptable plain and simple and it wasn't just dave dave was representative of the entire culture at hard rock because when i bought into the 400 50k the next day there was men there that were making comments repeatedly like saying cat fight when me and another woman were in an all-on pot together and when i said maybe i should say dog fight he, all of a sudden the atmosphere changed and it wasn't a joke anymore he was like oh why why do you have to be like that why are you starting things why do you have to be mean and like um and they were saying and the dealers at hard rock at least two of the dealers too were like they were very relaxed in their misogyny there and he was one of the people was able to say oh you know i'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut to which he got a fist bump from the dealer and the dealer said and then the guy said maybe i'm trying to get two nuts looking at me and this other woman a new and man you got to teach me your tricks i want to study under your wing and the two men on either side of her are just harassing her and making all of these comments and stuff like that and then i was just like wow in maryland i don't experience this because the managers in maryland don't don't allow this kind of behavior I think that's an important point to highlight because uh, you know some of the arguments for for having the women's events do kind of focus on wanting to just bring like less experienced people into the game in general and creating an environment where you know it's um, I mean the, in some sense the tournaments are are kind of designed to be more like friendly to beginners and so I think then some people are like well why not just have a beginners tournament like why does it have to be women specifically as opposed to just like people who are new to poker or something like that if, if that's the only objective so I think they're like also having a space where because um, I would say like every woman that we've interviewed on the show has talked about being you know sexually harassed at the table or like having some kind of sexist comment directed at them and that's been I, I think it's I feel like I think a little less commonly now but anytime that there's a woman at a table that I'm playing at I feel like there's almost always some comment made about her gender not even necessarily in a, in a rude way but it's always commented upon and it sounds like part of the point of, of having women's only events is just to like occasionally not have your gender be an issue 
Exactly. That's exactly the point. And also, I went to the series. I played six events. The The women's tournament was just one of the six. So there were other women, though, that had flown in and they were playing just that event. And 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 that's kind of how the women's tournaments are. I mean, it, it's a variety, but we all have that shared experience. We, we've all sought out poker. You know, the, I was just talking about this. Uh, Caitlin and I are part of Victoria Lipschitz um, Pocket Queens study group. And we have Discord and we talk all the time. And I was just talking about how socially lots of men can get into poker because it's just something the guys do together. You know, oh, we're having a poker game. Oh, we're having, you know. As a woman, you have to seek it out. You know, socially, hopefully this will change. Again, more numbers, these things will change. But when I was coming up, there were no women social poker games. That wasn't a thing when I was coming through. Um, I got to be in a home game with all guys because my husband was invited and my husband doesn't play. And I literally had to chase the guys down that invited my husband and say, listen, please let me play. I, you know, I really want to play. I'm cool. Don't worry. You know, (laughs) I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with your guy vibe. And, um, and I played for 15 years and I was the only woman. And they told me all the time how I was the only woman welcome. Um, and I didn't like rock the boat because I wanted to play, but you know, did I sell a little piece of my soul in order to do so? Yes. And so many women that I talked to have gone through similar experiences. I mean, you really have to seek this out. So women poker players, they're intellectual, they're analytical, they're competitive. And I think there are male poker players that are just like that. And then there are male poker players that aren't. And they're the Daves of the world um, who have just gotten into poker because they've gotten into poker for whatever reason. Um, and and, And so it's kind of like, here's this subset of women And because it's so difficult for us, because of the aggression and the microaggressions and all of these things that we have to deal with, um, you know, these these women want to be there really badly. So accommodating one poker tournament, a series, really doesn't seem like asking too much. I was going to say, I, I, this might be a good time then, uh, Caitlin, if you want to talk a little bit about the work that you've been doing, um, which I, I was thrilled to see this, by the way, just because, you know, we, we had just spoken to you, um, I think it was 398 or 397 of the podcast when you were on. And um, I, I think you, you had kind of said that you wanted to be doing more to like, uh, not just to talk about the importance of, of having more women in the game or making the game more receptive for women, but to actually, you know, to, to be doing some things and then, you know, to so quickly see that you were, you were acting on that and, and making things happen. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you've been doing in the Maryland uh, region? Yeah, completely. And I think part of the reason that I can do these things is because I feel welcome in the casinos that I play at. And, um, Uh, Yes, you could say it's because I'm married to a really popular poker player, but uh, I I would agree, but also bring up two points. My relationship status to a man should not dictate whether or not I'm shown respect. And the staff at the Maryland casinos also ensure that I'm respected. So therefore, because I feel that and because I can gain confidence, because women gain so much from playing the game, because I can gain confidence and things like that, then then I'm able to then go out and say, yeah, I can do this and we can organize more women being in poker. So Horseshoe Baltimore Casino reached out to me to host um, their first ever tournament, women's tournament. And this will be on, and still called latest tournament for now, but in the future, I'll change that. (laughs) Um, So it's going to be on May 21st. So it doesn't conflict with Mother's Day or any of the other big tournaments happening. And um, it's going to be on May 21st at the Horseshoe Baltimore Casino, and that's on a Sunday. And um, there's actually three women's events happening right now in the DMV area. Uh, And it's uh, MGM. I didn't have anything to do with this except for maybe just my presence and being at MGM. But MGM is holding one the day after Mother's Day on May 15th 
And then uh, Maryland Live is holding their monthly ladies event um, at our monthly women's event on uh, Monday, May 22nd. And um, I've also tweeted a link to somebody who goes around and she she said for years she's been collecting all of the women's events and putting them like online in a document so that anyone can see where the women's events are. And as Diana said, we're part of a women's group called um, Pocket Queens, which has released a really great statement just highlighting the seven women of our group that played at this ladies event over the weekend. And of course, that all of our successes and our good experiences are overshadowed, of course, by um, all of this, these other like negative things that are happening. And um, but Jennifer Shahada, she's the one that invited me to join the group. And she says, like, when women U.S. chess membership spiked, nearly doubled is when they started having more women's and girls chess events in the 2000s from eight to 15 percent. And it's still while, while that's still low, it's still showing that like those that women's events are important for growing the game. And someone else in that group made the comment that the majority of people who play mobile games in general are around like 60% women. And we make a lot of money. And as Justin alluded to, you see a lot of women playing the slots and stuff like that. So women are, if you want to look at it this way, not only this untapped market, but as like organizations, as other organizations, you know, that focus on women in poker would say like, Women also help, I mean, poker also helps improve women's confidence and women's decision-making and women's trusting of their intuition and being in these spaces. And so women's events are super important for people to be able to feel respected. And so I'm so happy to be a part of, you know, helping to grow the game. Not that I asked to be, or maybe that I should be responsible for it, but I'm happy to be a part of it. Has it been your experience in the um, with, with these particular, I guess, horseshoes, really the, the main one that you're working with, but you've, you've played at the other ones? I mean, are, are they in a position to enforce a, a no men policy in a, in a way that it sounds like Florida was not? So I'm going to talk to them about this because I've heard that. Um, and uh, so I've actually sent my statement to some of the people at MGM. And um, uh, it's it's now been forwarded, I understand, all the way to like Sean McCormick, who runs all of MGM's <laughs> like international. And so that's cool because if if we can come to the table and have more solutions. And so the, the reason that Vegas can do what they do is because of um, uh, an amendment to like the no discrimination clause that says like, oh, um, if you have like a ladies night, you know, have clubs and stuff will have a ladies night. If you have a ladies night, you can give women a discount for marketing and promotional purposes. So the WSOP uses that. And that's strictly a Las Vegas thing, but a Nevada thing. And they use that to say the buying is 10,000 and we're giving women a discount at a thousand. And so if you're in a state and Maryland could be one of those states that you can have women's that you can have like oh ladies night and stuff like that at bars that means you can use the same loophole where maybe the buy-in is three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars but for women they get a special discount and so that's the way that it can be handled but also and um you know i'm working with the horseshoe so i'm going to make sure that like none of this is going to be accepted and i'm not going to stand for any of it any of the harassment or anything like this but also the the TDs and floor in Maryland, like they understand this. And um, like Chris McCall, Chris Angelo, Mike Smith, Adam Boone, Patrick Spinella, and Bradham Lavini and Brandon Lavinia. Like I rarely experience sexism or bigotry. And there's really no egregious harassment either. And that's not even just because of the TDs, that's also because of the players. So the other male players at the table. And part of this is because I'm with Justin and yes, I've come in second in the event, but also like I've kind of always experienced this. I always thought it was weird. And it wasn't until I went to Florida and I got to experience all of the other side that I was like, okay, wow, this is crazy. But the other men at the table, when men will make sexist comments or they're, especially if they don't know who I am or they'll make just comments in general and stuff that are off color, the other men, they don't laugh. They don't encourage that behavior. 
Some of them will call it out. Some will change the subject in other subtle ways, but they don't laugh. They don't, they don't, they don't make those people and their comments feel welcome. Like, no, no, no. Like this is a, this is an okay place for, you know, like everyone across all genders to play. And we're not going to have that kind of talk and behavior. And uh, it's, it's really great to see. And um, even men cussing at other men or men being rude to dealers as Dave was rude to during the dealer during the heads up match, it isn't allowed. And women being rude to women isn't allowed either. Like regardless of gender, being outright rude to another person for any reason is not allowed or tolerated in those casinos. And we don't even have to call the floor over. The floor, like, and if we do go to the floor, then like they'll make accommodations. Like for instance, I've seen a man say this of another man and a woman say this of another woman. And they're like, we don't want to be at a table with this other person because we're having conflict right now. And Maryland Live honored those requests. And so um, of course there's nothing you can do when they get to the final table, but when they get to the final table, things are a lot more calmed down. But um, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's like the whole entire poker community at least in tournaments, I'm not sure how it is in cash, but at least in the tournaments that I've experienced, like um, is more welcoming. And that's what can be done across casinos. It's simple things that when you hear these off color jokes, when you hear a cat fight yelled, when you hear these other things, like you can shame the men just by not reacting and the men will feel like, oh, oh, um, I guess, I guess, I guess I can't make those kind of jokes here, right? Yeah, that's something that I've always heard. Um... I mean, as, as a white man with regard to both like racist comments and sexist comments and, you know, whatever other kind of bigotry that, I mean, it is, it is good to like speak out against it, but also even like kind of in, in a private setting, you know, where there's not even necessarily someone around who would be part of the like targeted group from, from those comments, but just um, the assumption is that kind of, Oh, well, it's, it's just us talking now. So like, I can say this or like, of course you're going to agree with me because you're a white guy or something like that. And so like undercutting that assumption, and saying like, well, yeah, just because I'm a man doesn't mean that I'm like on board with sexist comments or just because I'm white doesn't mean I'm on board with racist comments or something like that. Like undermining that confidence and that assumption that, you know, we're all secretly thinking these things and we just can't say it because like the the PC police won't let us anymore. Um, that seems like an important role for uh, for the men in the audience. Exactly. Definitely. And just to add on to what Caitlin was saying, um, I said I played uh, six tournaments while I was there. I didn't uh, experience any type of aggression or sexism at the table until the ladies event. And yes, there was Dave, but there were also, and I, and again, I, I don't think it's the majority of, of poker players. I think in 2023, the majority of poker players realized, you know, uh, we shouldn't be saying overtly aggressive or overtly sexist remarks. Do I still get like, a, you should smile when you're bringing in the chips. I get comments like Ugh. that, which we don't hear, you know, them say to men and I'll, I'll get comments about what I'm wearing or something like that, but super overt aggressive, you know, where, where you're, where you do feel a little unsafe that didn't happen anywhere except for the ladies event. And we would have men. And I, I think you'll remember this, Caitlin, we would have men walk in the hall, pop their head in and just start saying things to us, like yelling, like they thought they belonged there, like saying, Oh, it's women now. Oh, cat fighter or whatever it was that they would yell. And, and it was a few bad actors, but you know, we just all sit there and roll our eyes. And I think, you know, it's just so it's so against how it's supposed to be. You know, this is supposed to be something to celebrate us as women. And it becomes some sideshow for, you know, a couple guys that for whatever reason are just totally ignorant about these issues. I think it's probably even beyond ignorance in, in some cases. I think it's like an active objection to the existence of, of that kind of like a sort of a political or, or a, I mean, they might say moral or something like a, objection to, to the existence of this, where you know, the people who are entering these these tournaments 
I think for the most part, like they want to be disruptive. Like they, they, it, it's yeah. not just like, oh, I just wanted to play poker that day. There's plenty of places you could play. It's not like there wasn't other poker going on at, at the same time, right? They're entering these tournaments for the purpose of undermining what they're meant to be for those of you who are, who are trying to play them for the purpose of making fun of them. You know, I'm thinking of Sean Deeb uh, playing in drag as, as he did one year. Um, and the, all of that is, uh, or, you know, just like the shouting from outside of the hallway, it's all meant to disrupt this, um, space that you're trying to, to cultivate. And even, even to the effect of, and even one of the women's husbands said this, like, um, at, at, like in the beginning, there was at least one massage therapist going around. And then there was here and there kind of very sporadically, it seems, um, waitresses coming in or people coming in with water. And then all of a sudden, when we get like down to the final, like three or two tables, it's like a lot of the women are like, we're parched. There hasn't been anybody coming in to give us any water. The massage therapist isn't here in the room. And so again, that's another experience that made, you know, the women that were playing feel like, wow, they really just don't care. And, you know, some of the the men that like weren't trying to be disruptive, like be like, oh, wow, this this really makes it seem like the women's event is devalued. I'm curious if um, this, this is, you know, hypotheticals can can get a little dicey, but if you had uh, perfect floors and perfect dealers sort of um, the, I, I absolutely handle whatever situation. So we're not assuming perfect players like there are still men out there who, who do the things that uh, make the, the poker table sometimes uncomfortable for you. But if the dealers handled those situations uh, as well as they possibly could, exactly the way you would want them to and the floor handled them exactly the way that you would want them to. And they had zero tolerance for those sorts of things um would you feel like there was still a need for women's only events yes absolutely because even if the floor that certain casino for that certain series handed handled everything perfectly that doesn't change that we have these shared experiences that we want to discuss together and that we want to network and we want to hear each other's stories and hear, you know, about each other's lives. And, and, you know, I, I always think women poker players are just badass. Like we're just, we've got a lot, a lot to share. And, uh, and it's a really great environment to do that when it's handled properly. So I actually think with a great floor and great dealers, it should be celebrated even more. Yeah, absolutely. Like I 100% agree with what she said. And I also love to hear Gloria's thoughts on this as well. Um, yeah, I think my view on this is that I feel that ladies, women's event should be there because there's so many women that wants to come into the game and it's very, very intimidating as a woman um, to come into the game and play with majority men. Like I said, when I started playing poker, I only played with men just like Diana. And it was nice when they started having ladies tournament where I can identify with someone like myself, but like Andrew said, well, if it's, if I feel like it's for ladies to come into the game and learn the game, why is just, why wouldn't it be a beginner's game? And I think the reason why I feel that it should be a women's poker, because it gave us a chance to say to each other, you know, it's okay to be a part of this game. It, it helps us build our confidence when we're around each other and we're playing together. Um, but I don't feel like... I don't feel like for me personally, like it's a place where I just want to socialize with women because I view the game a bit differently. Like I take it really serious. This is my profession. So when I play even with women, I'm playing the game to to beat them, not to socialize and be friendly with them. So, you know, I see it a bit different, but if your question was what would be the perfect type of setup or what could be done differently? Um, I, I personally think that I really like the idea 
of men paying more if they want to enter into the game to support our prize pool. I didn't, I don't like the idea of putting a bounty on a man's head when he comes into the game because I feel like it's giving him unnecessary attention that he shouldn't have in the beginning. So for I have five children and usually when they trying to do stuff to get my attention, I ignore it in a negative way. I ignore it. So I think that even for these grown men who, in my eyes, I view them as children, I just ignore them as if they're not there. And I would use it as, as an opportunity to have one man in a tournament and for the women that's new to poker and the women that's very seasoned to play him, you know, the same way we're going to play when we go to a regular tournament and it's majority men anyway. So that's my take. I Hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. And um, that's that's one of the other things that I'm working on as a result of this. And you guys know I come from the nonprofit space, so I come from a lot of organizing and everything like that. And um, one of the things I'm organizing is a whole kind of day, but really like a few hours of women to to of Twitter events of different town halls asking questions answering them and um, of a Twitter storm and just of women talking about their experiences in poker it's all going to be under the hashtag hashtag women play poker and if you want to join the committee to help me organize this and make sure that like the general tweets that people can tweet out are thoughtful and just what events we should do in general you can join the forum that I've that I've created at tinyurl.com forward slash women play poker. That's tinyurl.com forward slash women play poker. And the goals of this are going to be to educate the public on experiences women have had at the poker table and let women share their experiences, to highlight the history of women's events in poker and why they're wanted and needed. Um, why do you play ladies' events? What are some suggestions to make ladies' events or what many say should be called women's events better to uplift why women should play poker and why women are playing poker and to demand better treatment of women at casinos, be it during ladies' events or otherwise, and offer solutions on how to do so. So again, you can join the the committee to decide it and then um, you know follow me on Twitter and I'll be announcing when the actual day of action is going to be. And you can join the the um, committee at tinyurl.com forward slash women play poker. And you can hear all the different voices from Gloria's perspective to Diana's and to my own. But it's I'm doing alone as a community of women poker players. Caitlin, yeah. I just want to say that I think that you are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, you are amazing and you're amazing for the women in poker. And I think that... Um, I'm well actually I'm just grateful that you're here. Um about 5 years ago I wanted to help women especially single mothers. Uh, I lived in Florida and I started giving free poker lessons to women. So I would organize a group and like once a week you can come and I will teach you poker in a safe space where we're actually learning the game. It wasn't necessarily a place of socializing and girl time of none of that because I, I view the game as war. You know, I view the game as like, is you're in battle. So, but when I would teach these women completely free and I didn't have any support with that from other women because it wasn't many plans. So I would definitely like to get with you and Diana and whoever else on this mission to bring more women into poker. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And with that being said, I'm sorry, I have to leave out in like a couple of minutes to go get my son from school. But I wanted to say that to you ladies. Thank, Thank you so much. You. And um, yeah, thanks. And that's that's kind of the reason I'm putting together this committee. And these are also some of the conversations and networking that happened during ladies events. And mm -hmm. so but, and also I would say, you know, I also view the game as as war. I believe in no friends at the poker table. That's why I even got into an all in pot with one of the only other women at a table. <laughs> and um, why, you know, I, I like I believe that, you know, when I go to women's events, I'm going to play my best and my hardest. And that's because the women deserve that. Just like, actually, there's some discourse around women actually want higher buy-ins during a series. There's no there's no reason that, yeah. you know, every other tournament is a $400 buy-in. 
but women's are 250 during a series and it's okay during local events to have you know what i mean like kind of comparable buy-ins and stuff like that but during a series i mean look at the you know the women's event at the WSOP is a thousand dollar buy-in and look how many women go out there and play it and yes some women only come and they only play the women's events but like they're willing to play higher buy-ins for a higher guaranteed prize pool and um, I think all of that is important. And yes, when you sit down at a poker table, I firmly believe no friends at the poker table. That's why I've been taking my own husband out several times. And that's always fun. And um, <laughs> and be it at a women's event or be it at a regular event, when you're there, you play for the win or you play for whatever reasons you're playing. And um, you can have fun and talk and socialize. But at the end of the day, like, you're still there to play the game of poker. And I think, and I think especially at women's events, we owe it to play our best games as Diana has done, as Gloria has done. And as I have done. Well, on, on the subject of uh, telling women's stories, I know Diana, we've already kept you over an hour. So if you need to go, uh, perfectly understandable, but if not, um, Caitlin included a couple of juicy tidbits about you that I wanted to uh, follow up on. She said, um, besides poker, Diana's uh, proudest accomplishments are raising four amazing children, taking in two homeless youth, and volunteering many thousands of hours to help disadvantaged youth. Uh, do you want to say any more about that? I've just been very fortunate in my life uh, to be in a position. I always had, as I was raising my kids, I had an open door policy. So my kids were always on the lookout and knew that if there was a kid that was uh, in need to just tell mom so it and i was i was in a very fortunate situation to be able to keep that door open to always feed kids and clothe them and make sure there was a roof over their heads um yeah no it, it, again it's it, it's very interesting because poker is a very selfish endeavor in some ways you know we're trying to make money we're trying to win. We're trying to get points or, or get trophies. And for me, I've had to accept the fact that I've done so much work in the last 25 years, so much volunteer work and so much help to the, uh, you know, to, to these important causes that I'm hanging that up for a little bit and putting that effort towards poker. Um, so now for me, the one thing that I can do as I'm studying, as I'm reading, as I'm, you know, going through, you know, all the training that I'm doing is use my passion for helping people that don't have voices and, and, and put that towards women and, and really lift women up in a space that, they have, you know, that they historically haven't been lifted up in. So that's my little transition as I hit uh, 50 years old. <laughs> and uh, I, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I don't know if that answered your question or not, Andrew. No, it, it was great. I'm, I'm very impressed. And it seems like, I mean, in addition to obviously being a, a great thing for the kids that you were able to directly help, you know, a really good uh lesson to be teaching your own children and um thing to be modeling for them yeah well thank you thank you thank uh, all of you i don't know if gloria is still there but uh thank all of you for uh for sharing your stories with us but um also for you know for the work that that you're doing to promote these uh, events and, and create these events and make them a more positive space and address you know when something negative does happen to you know address that and, and try to prevent it from happening in, in the future. And I agree, it's you know unfortunate that a lot of that work is falling on you. That would be better if, if it didn't need to be done. But I am grateful that there are uh, folks like you out there doing it. Uh, I'm still here, Diana. I just want to say, I think you're amazing too. I just um, heard the things that you are doing for, you know, the youth and um, homeless children. And I just want to say um, thank you for your, for your service. And I think that's amazing. And maybe I should socialize a little more at ladies' events. 
how funny stories also. <laughs> I think you're kind of changing my perspective, you and Caitlin both. Um, well, you know, Gloria, once you said that you were a mother of five, I thought to myself, oh, we, we would get along really well. <laughs> Not only a mother of five, um, I don't know if you heard my podcast. I think it was 401. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I have something in common with Caitlin. Um, through my first divorce, my me and my three children were homeless as well. We lived in a homeless shelter for like a year and a half. And while in the shelter, I was also feeding the homeless like every Friday night. So some of the people that I was feeding was in the shelter with me as well. So to hear, you know, someone, a woman, giving back and as in Caitlin I listened to your podcast amazing your journey and everything which is unbelievable like you ladies are the type of ladies that I admire and I'm happy so grateful that you're in the game and I think so much could be done because when I was in a homeless when I was in a homeless shelter there was so many single mothers there and so many mothers losing their children and I know putting money into the game probably wasn't the best way, but I was like, I have to teach these women something, another skill, how to survive and take care of their children because the system is failing us in general, women in general, you know? And so mm -hmm. I would teach them how to play sit and goes on Bavada, you know, uh, double up sit and goes to make an extra hundred or two hundred dollars something. So if there's anything that you guys, ladies or women, are doing, you know, I would love to be a part of that. Well, one day I hope to start an an unhoused poker league to kind of teach homeless people about poker and all of the the things that comes with it, like bankroll management and confidence and all of that kind of stuff. So I would love to have your input. And I think me and Diana can both agree that we would love to have you join Pocket Queens as well and join our study group. Like, um, for instance, we're, we're just doing a study session tonight on like ICM. And so it's studying as well as support from other women. And so it's really great. And I would love to have you joined my little social media committee as well and come out if you're able to, to Baltimore on the 21st. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, anything else from anybody? I'm just going to say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This might be the first time in history there's been a poker podcast with majority uh, female uh, guests and majority female voices speaking. Uh, I know I didn't do a whole lot of speaking, so thank you, Andrew, for um, posing the questions. I've just been sitting back smiling and nodding my head. Like, this has been so awesome. And this is definitely a podcast you can share with your mother. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to make sure that my mother listens to it. I will say for the record, I am, I'm sure that Jennifer Shadi has, uh, you know, when, when she's hosting The Grid, uh, and, you know, she's had female guests on there where, where she's had 100% female uh shows before that's true that's true good point but yes i i uh, second everything else that carlos said well andrew i just want to say and carlos uh thank you so much gloria and caitlin uh it was awesome getting to share this space with you i i really appreciate the opportunity to have my voice which i don't think has ever been heard in the poker community before <laughs> uh heard so I, I, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you guys so much for agreeing to. When I reached out to you yesterday, you guys immediately got right on it. So thank you so much to the Naked Poker Podcast, to Carlos and Andrew. Thank you. I love it. I, I love that we're the people you want to reach out to. Yes, our <laughs> pleasure. Our pleasure. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. of a car light of the fair passage of a bill and the will sign us into law I know you won't